0: This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal.
1: Hey, More Than Workers. Today, our team at PeopleCentric is going to share a secret. We can't make anyone do anything. That's the secret. Now, it sounds like, Diana, you look like you frowned when I said that.
2: I can make people do a lot of stuff. I'm very <laughs> convincing.
1: <laughs> Feels bad that everybody knows it now, though.
2: Well, you don't know it when it's happening to you. I promise.
1: You just succumb. So it's it's yeah. resistance is futile is the kind of thing that I think what Diane is trying to say right now. But really, like we can, we can, you can, I guess you can force people to do some things or you can kind of trick them into doing some things. But really, at the end of the day, a fundamental human trait is that we have to want to do something. Uh, you know, we were using the term uh, from Jack Stack's book, You Gotta Wanna, right? At the end of the day, you have to want to do something to be ultimately successful at it. And we've learned that as a consulting company, because when we work with companies, we could go in and we could analyze a company and we could tell them all the things that they're doing wrong but they won't own those changes and ultimately it won't do them any good if we just present it to them. So we have a process, we have a cycle that we use and it's engagement, focus, and accountability. And it's the idea of how can we help our clients want to make the changes that they need to make? And how do we get individual people to want that? And that's also an impact on how we supervise people and manage people. So that's what we're going to talk about. So Diana, even though you can make people want to, maybe you can share some of that too that you can force I people. Mean,
2: it's a top secret. I can't tell you the secrets.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it'll just be amongst us on this podcast.
2: All right. Maybe. And,
1: and our tens of thousands of listeners
3: <laughs> may be
1: listening to this. Okay. Yeah. Mary, do you want to, do you want to do the, have this conversation? Are you all in on this?
3: I'm all in
1: connected and ready to go. Mary's ready to go. Bethany, are you all in on this conversation? Is this going to be great?
0: Oh, so great. Yeah, there's going to be lots of things to say.
1: (laughs) Okay, we'll settle down, but this is going to be really great. Good job. Yeah, (laughs) Just kidding. I'm joking. Yeah. And as always, we've got our gotta want to host, right? He he always gotta want to host and drive the ship is our own Matt Griswold. So Matt, why don't you take us into this topic? Because you want to.
4: Thank you very much.
1: Yes. You know, this
4: has been swirling around my mind for just a little bit here. Now I say a little bit. It's been, I don't know, a couple of months where I've been having conversations with managers or owners of organizations and the frustration level with some of the people that I'm, that I'm talking to about not being able to get their people to do X, Y, or Z. It, it you know, kind of boils down to where they're going, listen, you guys talk about how to create engagement. You talk about how to create buy-in. Like we literally have PowerPoints and topics and leadership breakout sessions full of, of content called creating buy-in with your employees and how to create engaged employees. But really there's a step that maybe should happen before that. Uh, and I was going to share an illustration of, of of a couple of different situations where this has be, become prevalent, pre- prevalent working with an organization I, I know I, I heard this from a manager fairly recently where they were there they were kind of frustrated they were frustrated at this, uh, not necessarily at the employee but they felt that almost personally that they were frustrated they couldn't get the employee to operate at a certain level within their role. And they see so much potential in the employee. They've done their best to try to lay it out for the employee. They have extended the olive branch trying to hopefully uh, have them grab a hold of this olive branch to pull them up to the success that the manager sees that they should be having. But at the end of the day, the employee is not taking hold. The employee is not taking strides. They have done all of the right things to try to create buy-in with this employee. But at the end of the day, if the employee doesn't want to, the answer is they got to kind of want to, they got to kind of want to, otherwise we're going to get frustrated. You're going to live in the lap of frustration as a manager or as a leader or somebody trying To get this person to maybe see their potential or raise them to a level. Another one that I can think of is is with the hotel. Recently, I was speaking to a hotel and convention center, and and they were frustrated because, uh, you know, how do I motivate this person at the front desk to be the best front desk person that they can possibly be? Like, I need them to operate at this level. And I said, okay, what have you tried? And she said, you know, they just don't want to do it. And I was like, why are we having this conversation then? Right? This is square peg, round hole. Like, we are desperate for people to the point of, you're a person, let me put you here, square peg, round hole, and then how do I beat that peg into submission, right, to be able to ultimate, ultimate, don't do that, That's that's against every HR policy out there, but how do I force that peg into that hole, whenever the reality is, if they don't want to, then you're probably just uh, destined for frustration they got to kind of want to do it in the first place bethany you talked about this uh, recently we just did a podcast recently you may have listened to it before about succession planning and sometimes it's hard to get people to that point if they just don't see the point or don't want to do it they got to kind of want it before we can create that engagement or before we can create that buy-in
0: yeah yeah it's it's the question is was how do we, how do, how do you get somebody to create a succession plan? And it, my answer was, well, they, they have to want to, it's that, it's that simple. And so we can't just say we have to do this. I mean, you could do your best to create some buy-in and, and help them understand the, the benefit of something. Um, so that's true. in lots of different, there's lots of different uh, okay. examples of this, of we're trying to create change. We want some, we see an opportunity within our organization. How do we, how do we build that influence with somebody? And you can do, you can only do so much there, But ultimately, that person has to want to do that thing. So
4: Yeah, if you're a manager, you can do your best job of creating a beautiful process for how that role should look, the best practices for creating processes of engagement and and buy in around that role. You can give them all the tips and tricks of the trade. But at the end of the day, if they don't want to, a lot of that is for not. You're, you're you're just creating this this level of, of frustration. So I think one of the first questions that I wanted to pose to the group here is, how do we identify if somebody wants to do something or not? And and, and again, yes, Diana is very good at making people, I guess, do whatever they don't want to do. But, but if we're also saying the next step of making, okay, I've made them do it, I don't know if we've created the engagement, we've created the loyalty, we've created those things, right? We're, the goal is to do it and create an engaged person who feels valued along the way at the same time. So first question for the group, like, how do we start to identify the things that people want to do or, uh, or maybe don't want to do? How do we figure that out?
3: you've got to have those conversations with them. So you don't, you can't read people's minds, no matter how much we want to be able to read people's minds. My therapist keeps telling me that you can't read minds and they can't read minds either. So (laughs) it just doesn't work. You've got to communicate. And I know that's a big word. And we always talk about the fear of the word of communication because it, it encompasses so many things, but you've got to have the conversations with the employees. Um, We talk about check-ins in several of our podcasts and quarterly check-ins precisely on that. And those are areas where you can sit down with those employees and say, what do you like to do? What makes you you excited when you do something? What what are those things? What, What are the passions that you have? And then you try to put those in the areas that they fit in an organization and then they strive. And it's incredible to watch them grow in that.
4: I love that, you know, the reference to the check in process, that ongoing conversation. Let's take even a couple of steps backwards. You know, all of us have been part of hiring processes. Some of you have done more hiring than I have, you know, so I'm, I'm interested in to hear from you because here's the number one answer that we get, right? Here's the number one answer I think that we get when we're speaking at events and we talk about, well, how did this disengaged person get into the, get into the organization? And they're like, they were very good at lying in their interview. And I know there's more than workers right now listening to this going, yeah, that happens to me all the time. I ask good questions. They lied. And now they're in and they, turns out they hate their job. They don't want to do it. But what are some of those things like Mary's talking about, like, as they're an employee, but what about like screening process? You're trying to hire good people. This, we are in this sans dimic. We don't have to go through it. We just talked about it in another podcast where there's more jobs than there are actual people to fill that. So I know we're desperate for the body, but how do I also identify or help identify if they are bought into the thing that I'm trying to have them do?
1: You make me think, Matt, of an interview I did one time when I was in college, and I graduated as a chemical engineer, and I was looking for a job, and I interviewed with a company that makes valves, and they, had, they were hiring a phone customer service rep, so my job would have been to sit at a desk all day and take phone calls from people who were having problems with a very specific type of valve, like one model of valve. Like I would become an expert at this one model of valve everything about it. And anytime anybody had problems, I'm the customer service rep on the other end of that. Engineering you guys, sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you guys know me. <laughs> and it's like, that is, that is not a very good Don job. That does not sound very good. So I was in the interview and they asked and they said, "Why do you? why would you be interested in this position? And I'm sitting there and in my head, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not, that sounds horrible, but I don't have a job yet. And so a job would be better than no job, like getting some experience. I may have to do something I don't want to do to get to something I do want to do. But I'm like, that's not a good answer. So I still remember kind of responding by saying, which, which, by the way, back to your point, they asked that question, right? They asked that question. It's hard to fake an answer to that question, actually. And so I actually said to them, and I, I said, well, I'm always interested in how things work so like vows you know there's a lot to those and all that an hr person that was interviewing me kind of sat back in his chair and looked at me like with these with this with this this doubtful expression and i finally said you know what that's not true at all i'm like i'm not interested in this job at all i'm so sorry for wasting your time <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm they so sorry. They thought they found
4: the diamond in the rough. The one person that loves all things valves. Like we've been <laughs> searching nobody for you. This
0: job, nobody likes it. <laughs> I well, I, can I add to this because I think that some of sometimes it's I've I've heard what you know people. Are interviewing for a job that maybe they're actually overqualified for too. So there's sort of the other side of that, and they're they're maybe in that position too. And they're like, I honestly, I just need a job, and this is not my ideal job, but but I really I'm going to keep interviewing for it because maybe it'll open a door. Yeah, but I think the best thing that somebody can do when they are interviewing somebody like that, a candidate like that, is to say that. And I've heard people people mention that in the interview process of you know what, it seems like you're actually overqualified for this. Are you sure you wouldn't be bored in this job? Or are you going to still be like interested in this? And I think that just opens up the conversation for them to just be honest and say, first of all, thank you, know, first of all, thank you for recognizing that I am overqualified for this job. And also, yeah, here, what are some things that you think that I might struggle with? Or what are some, here? you know, we can just talk about that in real time so that you can overcome it early if you need to.
2: And I'm passionate about designing a really good hiring process. So like the question, why do you want this job? I think is a terrible question. I don't think any employer should ask that question. I think it's awful. I think there are questions that you can ask about the role and about people's behavior that will give you insights into how they will act in the role, right? So I think people learn through stories. I think people tell good stories and that's how you get to know humans. So if you can ask the right questions and ask questions about how they will behave when certain things happen, they're gonna give you real answers. They're gonna tell you stories. They're gonna expand on experiences that they've had. So instead of asking like, why do you want this job? Maybe ask if this happened, if you took a call from a a customer that was very upset, what would you do, right? it's harder to lie through those things. It's harder to fake those things. Those answers are real. And those answers are based on how they react in real situations. And I think you get better information from candidates when you ask those good behavior-based questions.
1: I think that's a good point, Diana. I think it's kind of funny because in my story, when I confess that I I just kind of, I, I don't want this job. Like this sounds awful. We continued to have a very honest and open dialogue after that, and I actually got the job offer, which was kind of interesting. Twofold is one that they just liked it because I I got the job offer and I was like, why the heck did you give me the job offer? And they just said I was you were very honest and open and da 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 da. I also thought it was kind of weird that they that hired somebody they knew would not like the job, like like how important that is. So it's, that's kind of the other point of that is like you're hiring and sometimes you think I don't care if you want it as long as you show up. Um, and I think there's some hiring uh, philosophies like that, but we're saying that's probably a bad place to start. If, they, if you come on off the street and you're not interested in it at all, even after the conversation, you're, it's probably not going to work very well.
0: I was going to say it. it's hard when you're in the position of wanting to hire somebody because I need somebody to fill this. I feel really desperate. I would like to get this position filled, but you are going to... Probably the outcome is not going to be what you desire. And so don't try to just fill it with a warm body because to our point, they've got to want it. And so you'd rather wait until you get the right person who wants to, who's the right fit. Otherwise, you're going to continue to be going down this process. You're going to be frustrated with this employee. They're going to be frustrated. You're going to have to continually fill this position and do a lot more work over time. Don,
3: did you take the job?
1: No, I did not take the job. I got a, I got a better job. Yeah. It was approached. And by the way, side note, there's somebody out there that likes is, that meant what would have meant what I said, that they, they do like the valves. They do like learning about a specific thing. They do like the idea of sitting in an office kind of by yourself and just having people reach out and solve problems for that. Uh, that kind of goes back to your unique strengths conversation. We had a few podcasts ago. There's somebody that is a good fit for that job. So that's, that's a thing is it, we kind of, nobody on, I think on here thinks that job sounds good but there are people that do. Okay. Diana, you want that job with the valve company? I was just going to
2: say, like, is it a customer service job? Like people call with problems and I would fix it. I love that. That, That's my jam.
4: It sounds like they do call and it's the same problem because it's the same valve all the time.
2: time. Oh, that's not as cool, but still, you know.
4: Wonder what they're calling about. About (laughs) Which valve? That one valve. (laughs) What's what could be the problem? Is it it's stuck either open or is it stuck closed? Which it, one
1: is it? Is is gonna... Open because it's supposed to be closed, or is it closed? <laughs> and it's to be
4: open? Did you try to close it? It's like the IT
1: people. Did you <laughs> plug it in? <laughs> I don't know. Did you restart your computer? Everybody
0: hates that. Hi, I'm Matt. Matt, yeah, Matt is so you know.
1: <laughs> Matt is so opposite of that. He, like it almost makes him mad. He's not even. Hi, right, thanks for it.
4: calling. Is it open or closed? <laughs> Do the opposite. Do the opposite of that, and it'll probably fix itself. It's a valve. That's funny. Uh, anyway, it, you know, it, it also strikes me with this conversation that let's give some some people the benefit of the doubt. I think sometimes, you know, managers they are going, I just need a body. And employees sometimes are going, I just need a job, uh, like you talked about. So I'm not even 100% sure what you're expecting out of me in this job. I applied for it. I think I have some skills. And to Diana's point, She's going, let me put you in scenarios instead of asking you about this specific job that you may or may not have had any ever experience in. But you know, to, to that, I can, I can maybe, here's kind of maybe a best practice. What are the skills or maybe the traits on somebody's application or resume that you see as a manager of that role that might translate to success in that job? And what I'm saying is sometimes we might need to create the want to by translating it into words maybe that they already know. For instance, you know, Don, we've spoken at a lot of conferences, a lot of healthcare conferences. How many times have we heard them say, we have expanded how and who we are hiring for Used to be it had to have, you had to have medical experience or you wouldn't even get an interview. Now we are opening the gates to that. Like they're looking at hospitality and food service just because they know that they're kind of good with people. You maybe have never had this type of job before. So you don't even maybe know that you do want to do this or not, but let me help translate some of the things that you've displayed and how that can be successful in a role like this. And maybe we can help create the want to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would answer your question in a weird way. I would say that what traits on the resume would pop out that make you think that they are possible to want to do the job that you have. And I would think, I, my answer to that is, are they a human being or not? We're hardwired to want to wanna, if we say that. So I think it's, does that make sense? We're hardwired to want to wanna do something. So even if we don't wanna do it at the beginning, if we can find a purpose and we can find a way to plug in the person so that they can use their strengths, the valve story is compelling because I think in that job, I can't imagine how we use that, how we use my strengths in that situation. But if you can find a way to use the person's strengths, if you can find something that that person does in their resume that could help them to accomplish the thing you need them to do, then you can help them to want to. And I think that's the point is you don't, you don't have to, God of one is not hardwired into some people and not into others. Uh, Some people have it dialed up more than others, but all of us are hardwired to want to want to do it.
0: I think it goes back to what we said before, it goes back to alignment as part of that too, the, the empowerment and alignment conversation of, are you aligned with your organization and the direction you're going? Are you aligned with the position that you are in currently? And then do you have the autonomy and, and are you empowered to go and do some of those things? And so I was thinking about how we work with lots of different teams to try to to, to build engagement on those teams. And sometimes we have people join those teams who are very toxic and we want them there because we want to help engage them to make changes that they see or that they're frustrated with. And so by bringing them in and saying, okay, th- right now they don't, they don't gotta wanna. So how do we get them involved and say, here's some of the issues that you're frustrated with. What opportunities do you see? they have then the choice to decide how they want to respond. So do they want to, do they want to want to, do they, do they, are they aligned enough with the organization that they can say, okay, let's make some changes. I have some ideas. Let's try to, let's try to improve this. Sometimes they, that's what happens. And sometimes what we see is that those individuals say, no, like, we're not, nothing's going to work. I hate all of this ideas. There's no way that the, you know, our boss is going to let us do this. And then that's, that's sort of where we get to have a different conversation because what we realize at that point is, okay, they're not aligned. They, they don't, they don't gotta wanna. So there's another conversation and that's where you can refer to another um, podcast. I'm sure where we've talked about like a watershed conversation to, to, to determine, you know, maybe this is not the place for you. That's okay. It seems like you have some good ideas, but we're not aligned, you know, on, on what we see for the future here and in, in your career.
1: Yeah, you can start to help people want to wanna. I can see that yeah. this, is, this is gonna be kind of, uh, I feel like we're gonna send people to Camp Wanna Wanna. that sounds like a-, wanna,
4: sounds like wanna, a I think I it's wanna. funny, but everybody I think gets it. Yeah. You kind of understand what it is we're saying. I just like the, I just like the words.
1: You yeah. go to Camp Wanna Wanna. But if you know that everybody wants to wanna, then the question is what do you wanna now so that we can help to kind of lead you into what you wanna in the future that's more aligned with others. So it's getting small small wins. I'll give a quick example. Like we had a client who we pulled the team together and said, what can we do better for the company? And the owner was wants better profits. Like that's what they wanted. Nobody in the room wanted better profit. Nobody in that company linked profits to themselves. Like it's just the profits are just by the owner. Why do I want to help the owner make more money? I've got other concerns. So then we started asking them, well, what do you want to, you know, and what they wanted is better coffee. And so we let them run down that road of getting better coffee. And they got much better coffee in their area and they made a difference and they felt like they made a difference on the team and everybody was very grateful for the better coffee and the owner was happy to support that and then that little win there kind of triggered some other wanas that they had and they started to really lean in now and they wanted to make the what else can we do better for the company and they started leaning into it and then that team went on to improve how they did their sales they saw big sales growth so sometimes you just have to start with something of what the other person wants, and meet them where they are, instead of trying to get them instantly to where you are.
4: I like it too, because what we're saying is you can not have, you know, the kind of wanna, but then you can actually have a kind of wanna and then lose it too. So there's different way that ebbs and flows, probably with your with your work, right? You get to the point where you know we use the term it may be disengaged or toxic. They have backslid, and they're if they're in that toxic place. They're probably not in the kind of wanna place anymore. Uh, how do i create that again that's what Don is referring to there of, of just some simple thing now we can get into okay so how to create how do i create buy-in how do i create the need how do i create a vision of success like those are the types of things that that managers are probably consumed with or maybe should be consumed with if i'm an employee and i am living in the place of i don't want to like I, I, I don't want to, I'm probably also extremely frustrated. I'm getting up to go to a job. I don't want to go to, I don't want to raise my hand to volunteer for certain things. Uh, I don't want to do the extra things that you're asking me to do. Please don't even ask me to don't include me in those things. Like I'm just going to work. And as long as you pay me to be here tomorrow, I'll show up tomorrow. If I'm a manager and my, I feel like my employees are living in that space too. I'm probably extremely stressed out. I'm maybe miserable. It's not making this whole quote unquote managerial job any fun either. Like now I have to make sure people are happy at the same time and and there's a recipe for success. Like we're we're creating the case for, you gotta kinda wanna, but there's also a reason why we wanna make people kinda wanna because the engagement, the value, and if they they feel, employees feel like they're valued, the the, the, the quality of work, the production of work, the efficiency at which they work, uh, the, the goldmine of opportunity of, of maybe even ideas that they have for improvement. You're bringing all of that to the table. If you can help create this ki- got to kind of want a mentality.
2: Yeah. I was just talking to someone recently who is a professional and in a big organization. And he was like, I hate coming to work every day. There's too many people calling out sick. We don't have enough coverage. We're all really busy. We're exhausted. And the manager was like I was in on the conversation between the two of them. The manager said, "If you were me, what would you want me to do?" And I thought it was such a great question because it kind of turned it around and the the employee was like, "Well, hire more people." And the manager was like, "I've literally hired six people in the last 3 months. Like, we're fully staffed based on the organizational standards. I I literally cannot hire more people. What else?" And he was like, "Well, there's too many calls out." And the manager was like, "Well, I I changed the policy, right? And so the manager kept saying, these are the things I've done to address the things that you are upset about. And at the end of the conversation, the manager said, do you want to see the changes that we are putting in place or do you just want to be mad about it? And I thought it was such a clever question also. like, And the the employee took a step back and was like, well, I am mad about it. And the manager was like, I know, and I'm trying to fix it. And I'm doing everything that you've suggested. I'm listening to you guys, right? I'm doing what I can do. So do you want to hear it or do you want to still be mad? And after that conversation, the employee went back and his attitude did change because he was like, you know what? You're right. They are listening. They are doing it. But he wasn't looking for that. He wasn't asking for that. He was so mad and so upset that he didn't want to see the change. And so I thought it was so clever to just sort of point it out and say, we are changing. What else do you what else could we do? I'm here for you. And it was it was such a flip that it was really hard for him to ignore it.
0: Yeah, I asked a similar question yesterday, actually, to a group who was mad about something that wasn't getting done the way that they wanted it to get done, but they wanted somebody else to take care of it because they thought they should be taking care of it. And I said, so we could do something about it. It's not going to be the way that you, the, the, the avenue that you want it to get done. And I understand that frustrating, but do you want, do you want to be mad or do you want to change it? (laughs) And so there's an opportunity there of like, what do you really want here?
4: I like, I like that. And both of those examples, we're engaging the people to get, to try to gain buy-in, to try to gain their perspective. And then hopefully that creates kind of that want to as well. So, anyway, just kind of a fun topic, but I think it's super relevant for a lot of people. I like the I like the words. I'm I'm am I'm an English person. I like the words and being able to describe it. And even though it might have been a little confusing with some of the words, I think we all get it. We we get what it is that we're saying. So, one more time around around the table here. Let's let's talk about what is your tip or your piece of feedback here. Maybe whether it's to create the gotta gotta kind of wanna from a, from an employee perspective. How do I find it? Or maybe the tip for the manager trying to create that in their employees.
3: I just circle back and I just say, <clears throat> have those one-on-one conversations with your employees. And, you know, by having your regular check-ins, you're creating that value of trust with them. And you can have those conversations to where an employee might say, I don't like to do this. We we did that in a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was where we were just like, what are the things you don't like to do? And <clears throat> I think I threw probably everybody that ever knew me that I said job descriptions because I was in HR for so long, but We have the trusted space to have those conversations and to talk about the things we like and don't like. So create those with your employees and employees create those relationships with your managers.
4: I noticed you guys did that podcast without me. That would have been the longest episode ever, but right, I'm just kidding.
1: I think if you're a manager thinking about this, this is a powerful concept because if, if there's a decision tree for managers, the first branch of it is, does the employee want to do it or not? Are they owning it? If they're owning it, your set of tools are completely different. If they're not, if they're owning it, you're coaching, you're training, you're guiding, you're helping. If they don't own it, you're on the accountability side. You're trying to say, okay, no, you gotta, (laughs) you gotta, or what do you want it? You know, that kind of thing. So I think that that's a, that's a guide for managers. This is probably the first thing you should ask yourself and every employee that you're working with is do they own it or not?
4: Great ownership piece there. Good tidbit. Okay.
0: If you are an employee, I would say, and you're feeling this. This way, where you just don't wanna and nothing is exciting. You're like, there's no way anything's gonna change. I don't see opportunity. Maybe you've tried in the past and you're like, I just can't get behind this. Just step back and just evaluate that for a minute and figure out are you still aligned with your organization? Do you see opportunity in the future? Have you talked with your boss? Like, have you had an actual conversation with your boss about it and just been able to talk about the frustrations and see if there is a way forward? I think that's a that's kind of a good just next step to have um, and figure out, like, if there is a long term opportunity for you with that organization.
2: I'm going to kind of build on that. What Bethany was saying, I know there's been times where I have just said, I don't want to anymore. And then I just go to my boss and I say like, hey, I'm struggling because of this, this, and this. Can you help me figure out where my priorities are or help me see the why behind what we're doing? Because those things help me want to. So I try to make sure that I'm having the right conversations to keep that motivation on me because I can only change me. I'm not going to change the things happening around me or the things happening to me. I can only change like how I act and react. So asking those questions help me.
4: I like that. And, and my tip would be maybe just to piggyback on that just a little bit. If you're the manager and you hear Diana saying, I need that. And sometimes I have to ask that of my manager if uh, or my boss or whatever the situation is. If you are the manager, maybe proactively start asking your people that. Get out in front of it. Don't wait for your people to ask that question. Just carve out some of that time to be able to ask that of your people. Help lead them into difficult conversations that they're wanting to have. Create the stage, set the stage uh, for them to be able to have that conversation. We hope you enjoyed this. You gotta kinda wanna come back. You gotta kinda wanna share the podcast. I could keep going. This is just kind of fun for me too. If you have other tips or topics or questions or feedback or uh, any of that stuff, Diana, how do they get a hold of us?
2: You can find us on tons of different platforms, many different ways, www.peoplecentric.com, social media, at PeopleCCG, at PeopleCentric, or you can email us directly at, more than work at peopleccg.com.
4: I would say just transparently, we're probably super active, uh, maybe most active on like the Facebooks of the world. Uh, LinkedIn, we're active. You could find us there as a group. You can also find us as individuals, as you would like to find us as uh, Twitter. individuals uh, tw- on the Twitter there. TikTok, we're up to 20 followers now thank you so much for that and give us feedback on more content on videos stuff that you want i did i did one on narrative paradigms last night just for like 45 seconds thought it was great have a great little blue blazer on you'll see it uh it's there follow us on social media we love the interaction share us with your friends we hope you enjoyed it can't wait to talk soon see ya
0: thanks for joining us on this episode of the more than work podcast join us next time and in the meantime lead well